Hey, beautiful people. My name's Amber, and this is A Nanny's Life. This podcast is dedicated to highlighting the full experience of career caregivers, both on and off the clock. So welcome to the potty, friend. Make yourself at home. Okay, so this week we have a special guest who I've been inspired by for a while now, and I just want to get to know more about you. Um, I've seen this nanny on social media doing quite literally all the things from, you know, your typical nanny job to newborn care to event child care. And I just want to hear more. (laughs) So let's welcome. She's known as Nanny McTee on Instagram and in her hometown. Let's welcome Talia to the potty. Yay. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. My cheeks are going to hurt at the end of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're going to be smiling the whole time. So, Talia, do you want to introduce yourself? Um, Just tell us uh, what you like to be called, your preferred pronouns, and how long you've been in this industry. Yeah, so my name is Talia. Everyone typically calls me T. Uh, My pronouns are she and her. And, you know, I've been a professional nanny for like the past seven years now, which is like crazy to think about. Um, and I love it. I love it. I, I love all things childcare. Um, so the fact that I get to experience this specific type of childcare is amazing. Yeah. Seven years is, that's when you know you're in it for real. Once you pass five, yeah. like you're committed. I think <laughs> you once you pass two, <laughs> you know, so yeah. many are not in those first two years because like, if, if you don't have people, if you don't know what you're doing, if you're not working for the right family. Yeah, that's true. Those first couple years, I feel like hit everyone over the head, especially like you said, if you don't have people <laughs> to advise you. My first couple years were, they were beautiful, but it was also a doozy as far as the whole professionalism human resources, you know, protocols. Mm -hmm. So no, I totally get that. But I'm so glad you're here in this industry. I feel like you have a voice that we need to listen to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A lot of times I've heard you on Clubhouse. I've seen you do lives on Instagram and I feel like I could just listen to you all day. Where did childcare start for you? The womb. (laughs) I, I fully believe that I was like blessed, like it was one of those people where you get your gift and you just have that gift because honestly from like first grade when you're asking the kids what do you want to be when you grow up it was always like a teacher a teacher i'm gonna be a teacher i'm gonna be a teacher i'm gonna be a teacher and you know so i've always always been involved in childcare. always the family sitter like i'm watching the cousins you know i'm helping the teachers in classrooms like who does that (laughs) that was me i was like can I pass out the papers? I want to do it. You know, I'll pass out the pencils. You know, that was me. So it's literally just in my whole life. I know nothing else but childcare. Oh, I love that. I actually, similarly, my mom had a daycare when I was like two, three years old in our basement. She did a home daycare. And we, that was when we lived in Maryland. But then when we moved to Georgia, um, I went to a daycare center and, you know, she had a full-time job. And I never forget one time she called the daycare center and I answered the phone. I was four. (laughs) Um, Not at four. Yes, I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was like, what are you doing answering the phone? But yeah, like you, I was always like, just let me help. I can help. I can teach the kids, even though like, Mm -hmm. what did I know? (laughs) Right. So you've always felt drawn to childcare. Um, When did you start doing it like as a job? What was your first childcare job? Um, my first childcare job, like where I got paid, let me think. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I was like sitting in college. It wasn't like career nanny. It was just like sitting. Um, I would kind of say that was my my first job. I never actually worked at a childcare facility, like a daycare center or anything like that. I did work for an organization where I was responsible for helping centers like help their students be um, like kindergarten ready. Like I was, my exact position was like community liaison. So the job description was to help implement strategic planning to increase kindergarten readiness at local childcare centers. But when I was going into those centers, they needed so much more. 
and but also didn't want the help at the same time like they needed the help but didn't want the help so you know um but anyway so my first first job was probably like just sitting in college but I volunteered at my local community art center when I was like 14 I was doing like you know the Hoy Mates classes I was reading you know I did a lot of volunteer work in high school most of my youth experience was actually volunteer cuz I was like working at McDonald's or whatever in high school but um at college my first like sitter I'm sitting for a family I'm going to their house was like my first paid experience outside of like family nice and did you know any like professional nannies when you were coming up or was it something that you had to like discover yourself it was definitely something that i discovered myself and a nanny wasn't really a thing like when i was coming up it was like you know after school care or child care centers like i've never personally known anyone who had a nanny if they, if they did they didn't call them a nanny you know and um even when i became a nanny i didn't know any other nannies it took like 3 years into my nanny career before i actually met other nannies and other caregivers yeah i feel like i feel like that's the case for a lot of nannies that i know um and i was fortunate enough to know a nanny when i was growing up but it was only one person and i didn't necessarily get a first hand look at how she was kind of navigating nanny life so like it was one of those things where in the back of my head I was like it would be dope to take care of children professionally like without having to be in the school system but I feel like for a lot of us we have to sort of like convince ourselves <laughs> to take that plunge because a lot of us are trailblazing we don't we we don't necessarily have um those examples in front of us but I love that you ended up in the nanny industry anyway. Do you want to tell me a little bit about the first nanny job you took? Uh so it was a nanny share. I found it Ooh. on care.com. Yeah, it was nanny you dove share. in. Uh, I did and it's literally because I love children and you know, I like more than just one child because mm -hmm. it's more it's a little bit more fun for me. <laughs> a little bit more multitasking, a little bit more like okay, I get to be like this and I like to be like this. Um so mm -hmm. I found a family on care. I had interviewed with quite a few families actually. All that I just care was the only thing that I had knew when I had um cuz I had got all my sitting jobs in in high school in college from there. And so I was like, okay, let's just look more full time. I wasn't happy at the position I was with with the daycare center. So I was like, I'm going to do it full time. I found them. I met with one family. Thankfully they didn't even need all Monday through Friday like my schedule was like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday for the nanny share and then I watched the other family Tuesday separately outside of the share and then I had Fridays off. So I had four kids. Um hey was like good to me then. <laughs> I think it was like <laughs> maybe 16 an hour for all four and probably mm -hmm. like 14 for just the two but it was under the table cuz I didn't know any better at that time and plus at that time I was young and I wanted under the table money taxes mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I also didn't know that that wasn't correct though and when you're just doing things because like you need money and whatever you know you're going to do it so um they were thankfully amazing people um one family like the mom was a teacher dad worked in like insurance other family dad owned his own company so he worked from home and then mom worked outside the house but it was the perfect like work from home cuz you hear the stories of people who have mm -hmm. this terrible work from home parent experiences and thankfully he stayed his office was upstairs and everything we needed was downstairs so there was no reason for us to go upstairs he would be like when he would come downstairs for like his coffee or whatever he wouldn't like intrude like he would almost be like i hope they don't see me you know what i'm saying but he would nice. be like what did miss talia say miss talia's in charge ask miss talia you know, so, and then the part that he had communicated to me before was he did want to put the girls down for nap. So he would come down at nap time and do nap time. And, you know, we had a really good balance. Like he stayed out of the way. We stayed out of his way and it was good. So um, I stayed with them for about two years, maybe two and a half, maybe just a little over two years. I think I was with them. Hmm. But four kids, how do you, how do you, what were the ages? Like, how do you navigate keeping four children at home? 
because three for me is a hard step like that's my limit three is that's all I got (laughs) so thankfully um the eldest was in preschool or pre-k or she had finally just started full-time like kindergarten so I was only with them for a few weeks before she had started kindergarten and so the bus picked her up um and dropped her off at the nanny family's house and um so I really just had my three which was a six month old and two two two-year-olds and I mean we had a blast and it's so funny because I was not allowed to travel with this family like we couldn't go like I couldn't put them in my car and take them places and so like looking back now that I travel and I we practically go somewhere every day it's like how did I stay in the house all the time with three kids that's that's more what I'm all about is how I survived that and like I didn't like it wasn't you know I guess at that point I didn't know what I was missing yet so it wasn't I didn't have anything to compare it to so it was like it's just what we did but I was a very very crafty nanny at that point because my mind I was always bringing education to it like just because you're six months just because you're two like we were very crafty like we did crafts every day we were outside every day so we just hey we made it work I don't know I I still like laugh like I can't believe I did that like now because I'm like now you can't pay me to stay in the house the whole week so it's like wow yeah that's totally a thing because I I had twins um, for a minute. I think I was with them for a little bit over a year, but same situation, couldn't really leave the house. And where they were situated in their neighborhood, the closest playground was a mile walk. And their neighborhood was like really hilly. I was in much better shape, so I would do it from time to time. But for the most part, we had to make do in the house. We didn't really have a yard and I mean, it was fine for the time, but like like you said, looking back, I'm like, how did I do that? How did we survive just in the house looking at each other for so long? <laughs> Thankfully, you know, we actually had a lot of parks closed. So they lived at the bottom of a very prominent park in, in like Kentucky called Duvu Park. So if you ever come to Kentucky, Cincinnati, because they're back practically the same, um, go to Duvu Park. You have great overviews of the skyline my little girl, she would be like, Miss Talia, can we just walk and see the city? Girl, I'm the one doing the walking. I was in the best shape of my life because we walked up that hill at least twice a week. And like, that wasn't, a, it was like a, and I was pushing a double stroller. Like, oh my gosh. Like, and so I like to go to the one part that was like right at the corner of the street. Like that was like, uh, I don't even remember what we called it because we didn't use park names, but like, let's go to this park. No, we want to walk and see the city. Like, come on. <laughs> we don't use park names either. My kids call the playgrounds based on their favorite thing about it. So it's like yeah. the piano playground or the mm-hmm. treehouse playground or like the big slide playground. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, the like same. The That's so slide park and what did we call the one that was, I can't think. I'm gonna, It's going to come to me before we end, hopefully, but. Like, you don't want to go to this one? No, no. I was like, all right, okay. But we would go, and that would kill, thankfully, that would kill most of our day, is the, is the hike. And then, like, once we walked up here, y'all playing. Y'all got to give me at mm-hmm. least 45 minutes before y'all make me take you home. So Absolutely. Yes. And randomly, what kind of double stroller were you pushing? Because that I feel like that matters. It was a raggedy one. It was not like the upper baby. I there was no such thing as upper baby back then. I don't know, but we had this crazy. They were side by side, and I don't mm. nowadays. I don't like the side by side double strollers, but it wasn't like a jogger stroller. I don't know, but it had the one wheel in the front, the two wheels in the back, and then they were sitting next to each other, and mm. it was uh, you know. I'm trying to think how I did it when I had all three of them, because I know when I had the two like from the one family like both the girls but what did I do when I have when I had the other kid because I know we walked up there all the time so I have to think we about once that. tried to put the third kid in like you know that triangular area between <laughs> that front wheel and the seats yeah. I very quickly learned that's not a good idea Mm-mm. so no um, you ever tried having them sit like kind of under the bottom where like the diaper bag and stuff is supposed to go and they're just kind of sitting I've, there I've had one kid who has been willing to get down there because they just didn't want to walk and they were like mm-hmm. three 
but they were like you know what no I'm not doing this <laughs> and of course all the parents are around like what is happening why is the child under the stroller but no just mind your business it kept okay. them happy just mind your business, just mind your business. Exactly. <laughs> it kept them happy no I miss my stroller days because my kids are so busy now I don't even have a stroller in my car anymore it's kind of wild um I never, never once you stroller. start walking come on I need to build your endurance <laughs> because I don't want to lug it. So yeah. my my kid now is in another task, unfortunately. So we've been having to have the stroller. And I'm just, every time oh, I put it in my trunk, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> oh. you know. We only use the stroller for big adventure days. So if we're going to the zoo or the aquarium, because mm-hmm. baby girl's almost two. And sometimes, not even that she, she will walk for days and days, but sometimes I need her contained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for safety reasons so I totally feel that okay so switching gears a little bit so you started off doing a nanny share Mm -hmm. but now you do so many things um (laughs) you do them all well it seems like you do them all at the same time so how did you branch how did you branch into like you do newborn care you do event child care you do Mm -hmm. all these things how did all of this come about literally everything happened because Somebody somewhere called me and said, hey, can you do this? And typically my answer is always yes. So um, I got into newborn care because I had started Nanny Makes Me Sitters, which is a nanny placement agency. Um, And I started that while I was working with my first nanny share. Right. So a nanny who doesn't know anything about being a nanny, but people were asking me about nannies. And I was like, let me start this agency because people are Mm -hmm. asking me about it. And so... Somebody randomly called my agency line one day and they were basically like, hey, I just had this really traumatic birth experience. Like I I physically cannot do the night shift. Like I need help. Like, do you guys Mm. offer overnight care? We sure do. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. So I ended up meeting them like literally the next day. And then um, we we talked and I kind of figured out what they needed and at that point, still, I didn't know anything about NCS. I didn't know. I was just like, this is a family who's calling me with a childcare problem. And, you know, we're going to solve it. So they had needed seven days worth of care. So, you know, me and my good sis, Mariah, the cadaver nanny, I was like, hey, she was my rural dog. Then like, I got this client. Can you help me? You know, and she was like, yeah. And so we started doing um, newborn care. And that was like, the end of 2018, I want to say that was like November 2018. And literally, it was just a phone call like, hey, this is what happened to me. This is what I need. Like, how can you help? Can you help me? How can you help me? You know, and from there, I was like, yeah. And then I discovered after doing that and like doing some research, I didn't really know. Like, I knew the basics about newborns, right? Because I had only the newborns I had knew were like, family newborns when I had started with the family the baby was about three months like that's what I knew about newborns outside of just like the basics that you study in the general education classes so it was all just an experience for me just like learning you know that was also a little bit more postpartum care than it really was like newborn care if you're being technical about words and stuff you know um so but it was really nice and we did it and I learned a lot and we probably worked for them probably about three months and um while still working your day job while still working my day job yeah I remember and they were so (laughs) far from each other so this was all the way up in like a town called Westchester and I was working in northern Kentucky so it's like a 35 minute drive and I was getting off at like 7 a.m and I had to be at work at 8 a.m and I remember one day I was late because traffic was crazy and I was tired and my boss had said something (laughs) I wonder if he remembers this he had said something to me about me being late and I just like broke down because I was tired and I'm never late I am like never late so I started crying like you know I'm never late like I told you I was gonna be late but he was only frustrated because he had somewhere to be and like when you have somewhere to be, that's when you really rely on your people to be on time, right? So he's like, I know you're never late, but you made me late. And so anyway, it was fine. But I was like, dude, my fault, man. Traffic, crazy coming from all the way over there, you know? Yeah, that's tough. Especially mm-hmm. like getting off of a job and only having a one hour window. Mm-hmm. That's hard. 
Were mm-hmm. you like literally up all night when you were doing that postpartum? <clears throat> Thankfully, the baby was a good sleeper. There's no way that I could stay up like overnight anyway. Like I have to sleep. Like if you don't want me to sleep, mm-hmm. then I am not your person because you're gonna catch these eyes closed. Okay. <laughs> I there is I have I've never been an all nighter person. I have never I cannot like physically stay up all night. So thankfully the baby slept good and the family was comfortable like with us going to sleep and stuff. So I did get rest. It wasn't like my usual consistent no interruption sleep, but it was like naps sprinkled good good that because just hearing about that stresses me (laughs) a little bit I feel like I would be better at night than I would be starting my like normal work day Mm -hmm. you know I feel like that would be the hardest part for me but I know a lot of people like when you're thinking about shifting gears or pivoting into newborn care a lot of people do both for a while Mm -hmm. um and somehow y'all find a way to make it work, which I think is absolutely incredible. I think it's the caffeine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I think at one point I was, because I went a day without drinking like my energy drink that I drank, and I was like, for real. And I was like, okay, the caffeine is what's keeping us alive. Or at least let me speak for myself. It was keeping me alive. So, and the opportunity of both, even because I did it again, I just did it again this past year where I was working overnight and working my regular job and the other thing that kept me alive is both families willingly let me sleep on the clock mm-hmm. Talia take a nap like when it. the kids sleep don't you know watch tv today if you need to so that also was like a saving grace I didn't have to be like you know super nanny every day they were like Talia take a break <laughs> so that was also yeah. beneficial good I'm, I'm glad to hear that you work for good people like that that's dope. Mm-hmm. So now, how did we get into event childcare? Same thing, girl. Same thing. I, <laughs> I was working for a family. Now I was watching this family at this point, like every Wednesday. It was like our thing. Like I would pick the kids up from school on Wednesday, take them take them grocery shopping because we would pick out what we're gonna have for dinner, go buy it at the store, go home and cook it, do the nighttime routine. And this was just to guarantee. Well, this was actually grandma who was raising them, a young grandma um so this was just to make sure that she had like I need a day (laughs) I need a guaranteed day and she was like if you could just do this every Wednesday like that would be like so appreciative so one day she had called me because I also I work for them like Saturdays if I needed or whatever so one Saturday she had called me and I was supposed to work and she was like hey instead of um, meeting you at the house can you come and pick up the kids we're at this event and they're just really not having a good time and I was like sure and so I go to the event to pick up the kids and she was like, while you're here, let me introduce you to the people who are hosting the event and all this stuff. And the organizer was like, you're picking up the kids? And the kids are like, Miss T, Miss T, they're running, ready to go, like trying to pull me out of there. And she's like, do you do event child care? And of course I'm like, sure do. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> what do you need? I'll figure it out. We'll make a plan. And... um. This is with the organization uh, Cradle Cincinnati, which is a part of Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Um, and so they do a lot of work to, in, to decrease the infant mortality rate. They do a lot of work to support, you know, birthing parents. They do a lot of, of work to support postpartum care. So most of their events now, this began back in like 2019. So now in 2022, most of the events that they have childcare for, I provide their childcare services. So it was, it was a really great, like, this is Talia, this is this person. Talia is my favorite child care provider, you know. And even then, the, our first day, which I thought was, a t- from a business perspective and management, I was like, we have so much to learn. But all the kids were telling their parents, like, we had the best time and da 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 And just from what they were saying about the previous child care providers, I was like, if we did this, what were they doing? Because... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm also overcritical and a perfectionist. I want everything to be like, even for children. Children deserve perfection too, you know? And um, I'm like, what were they doing if the kids were like, we had the best time with Talia today? Like, so literally people just ask me if I can do stuff. And I, I'm always like, yeah, sure, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I love your, out. like, your approach, like your perspective. I love that you're like, 
always so open to network because me in that situation I would have been like please bring the children outside to the car um, <laughs> <laughs> because networking is definitely not my strength but I think that your your willingness to say yes and to try um, have obviously been a huge part of you like building up this business and this mm -hmm. this reputation you know locally where like there is a lot of respect that comes with your name I love that and I also love that you said the first time you did your event child care instead of saying it went horribly you just said we have a lot to learn like that right there is like such a setup for success you know it's so positive I love but it you're catching me like if you would have called me the next day like how did your event go I would have been like oh my god literally because that happened because I've had I, I don't even think, was that my first interaction with event child care? I, that wasn't even my first interaction, to be honest with you. Let me back mm. it up. That was my first professional, like, let me try to do it. So I had did something else way back in the day. I had just started my agency. Somebody had messaged me on care and was like, hey, there's this event. We're this organization and we're looking to hire sitters for this event that we're, that is being hosted in your city. Like, are you available? So I had messaged them back like, hey, I just started an agency here and I know plenty of sitters. Like, how many do you need? I'd be happy to help you fill your roster, right? Mm -hmm. And so they were like, oh, we need this many. It was like 20 people. And I said, bet, I got you. And I called all of my friends, literally. Every single friend of mine that I had that I knew would do an excellent job with kids. I said, hey, I got this opportunity. I need you to come through, right? I ordered shirts and everything oh my, oh my gosh and um this was i just wasn't even event child care this was just like an opportunity that i saw you know mm -hmm. we <laughs> this is i wonder if people remember this we show mm -hmm. up to it was at a hotel downtown and all my people were all in our shirts and everything and we look all professional and stuff and the lady the first thing the lady said to me was like why aren't you guys in uniform and i'm like we are we are in uniform <laughs> And oh, she was no. like, you didn't get my email? And I was like, no, because I did not receive it. And apparently there was supposed, apparently they were an agency. They never disclosed that to me, but they were an agency and they were contracted out as the event child care people. And they were just trying to fill their spot. So me thinking like, I told them that I was an agency and I was going to fill their roster, which is what I did. So that's right. why I'm like, everybody's wearing right. my stuff. So that was a crazy event. But I guess that was actually my first, like dabble with event child care at that time so and even from that moment i think i cried that day too so <laughs> <laughs> i think we're past the days of crying now we're pretty prepared now we're just like you know just getting better every day now you know yeah wow why aren't you in uniform that's so <laughs> so what was the uniform like their shirts like, or like just the color they scheme? did have shirts for us but then we are also to wear like these khaki pants it was like khaki or like black pants or something mm. but i told my people they need to be comfortable because we're working with kids and right. i personally am comfortable in jeans because i have like work jeans but everybody's not a comfortable like who wants to work wear khakis and work with kids who mm -hmm. you know so but yeah it was a crazy crazy thing crazy crazy thing wait so like if you're doing so you work as a nanny and you do newborn care and you do event child care and you show up on social media and the internet do you have an assistant like who's <laughs> no. behind the scenes with you it's my friends who i call and i say hey can you do this for me or hey can you do this or i'm just doing it and trying to figure it out that's amazing. I have thought about assistance, but it's just I, right now I can't justify it, the money part of it yet. Mm. You know? But like, so. how many hours are you putting in physically working per week right now? Like, as, an, as a full time nanny? As a, you have to leave your house and work for someone? Um, like 40 to 47, depending on the week. Sometimes okay. it's a little less than that, but like it depends i work for physicians and so i'm i guarantee 40 hours typically if i work every hour in my contract that i'm scheduled it's about 40 hours but the thing with physicians is yeah they say they're going to be home at four o'clock but then mm -hmm. oh the surgery the surgery ran over or there was an add-on case or i have to go check on this person before i leave and now that it's fine and dandy 
because I we have the understanding that we said four o'clock, but it's not going to be four o'clock every day. So, you know, I understand mm-hmm. that. So, you know, it just depends on the week. But typically, between like at least thirty-five and like forty-seven, if it's a super super crazy week. Okay, that's and that's just bad. me. That's doing nothing, nanny McTee. That's doing nothing, event child care. That is just strictly me watching this child that I get paid to watch. Wait, so do you do you typically do nanny McTee stuff every week, or do you like sprinkle it in like once a month, or like how does that balance out? Now that depends on just the contracts. So some months are busy months where I have like three placement contacts, and then like some months I don't have any. So it really just depends on them. And that's the same with the event childcare. Like May, I had 16, 16 events in May for a childcare, right? But then I had like five over the course of the summer. So mm. everything is just kind of fluid and, and, and you, some weeks you work harder, some weeks you don't. But I'm trying to be more consistent with it now. Before I was just like, I have a job and I'm just going to work this job. And everything I was getting was like, somebody referred me. Now I am trying to be a little bit more back into, let me tell you who I am and let me tell you what I do. Since COVID, I kind of stopped doing that. I just was like, mm, I'm just going to get to, I'm just going to go to work and just nanny. And um, so people would be like, Kalia does this and I do. So I would do it. But now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be more back to how I was pre-COVID when every I don't care if I'm talking to you in the grocery store you're getting one of my cards <laughs> you're gonna know what I do I'm just like oh pass the bread oh by the way I run a placement agency okay I see you have a nice. kid and some juice boxes in your cot so yeah wow yeah no I'm definitely the just go to work nanny um around here but I think it's dope that you have so many different avenues within childcare. um do you prefer like one over the other? Do you have an end game as far as childcare is concerned? Like in five years, like where do you hope to be? In five years, I hope to have my own childcare center. Like from, I, most centers don't start at six weeks. I know that's sometimes unrealistic for women to even get six weeks off. So I would love to have a center that accepts people at birth. I'm gonna love to have that be more postpartum and child care instead of just like child care. But um, so yeah, in five years there definitely better be a center with my name somewhere on it. Hopefully two in five years, maybe second one's coming. But long term, like I really envision my own K through twelve campus, um, doing it all. Educate. See, the thing is, is it's not just nannying, right? Just nannying is just a form of child care just a form of education because I always say that I'm a child care professional because I do more than just nanny I want to do more than just nanny nannying is just one avenue of this child care thing but to be honest I feel what I have and what I can bring needs to serve multiple families and needs to serve multiple instructors and I want to create um, a, a district or school district that can accommodate all the people I want to create something that's more community centered, not just education based, but that has a very strong education component to it. That's amazing. Wow. I would absolutely come work for you, first of all. Um, But I love that you say you want it to be more community based because as a nanny, I deal with a good bit of guilt, especially the past few years with knowing that the families that I work for would be okay if they had me or not because they have enough money to find another me or a comparable me or a similar me where it's like yeah like uh, you know my extended family or my friends who are having kids and things like that who can't necessarily afford a full-time nanny like I feel like they need my advice guidance input more than the people that I work for so Hearing you say that like reignites that because I've been trying to figure out ways to give back, you know, and to provide more information and guidance to new parents who cannot afford a nanny. And I feel like, did you used to do like a community day or something like that? 
Yes, I've been trying to do those. They are interesting because mm-hmm. I have like one type of time. So it's like I have my nanny clientele, right? And they're the people who like ask me to do a lot of events. And when you book me on a Saturday and then I have five people asking me to do Saturdays, it's like, okay, I'm already booked. So I was trying to right. do this like, I was calling it parents day away, but I wanted to offer it to like, not my, I want, of course, my regular clientele, like if you can come, come, if you want the day, day, but that wasn't the clientele I was really trying to get. But it's just when you're trying to serve a different population and you're not very prominent in that population it's a little bit harder so mm-hmm. i have to kind of think about different ways and where i can make it more cost cost efficient for everyone because at the end of the day like it, the hardest thing is like i still have to get paid i i mm-hmm. I, I still have like i, I w- if i could give all of my time away to help service the community i would but then where would i be <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so trying to find that balance of okay providing this this quality service at an affordable price but that still is almost like still too high for the clientele that mm-hmm. I, I, I want to target so I have some different ideas I'm going to try next year to kind of see if I can get this off the ground because I think it's needed I think so many yeah, parents definitely. need it um, whether you're using it to like get your shopping done whether you're using it to take a nap whether you're using it to just like I don't I don't care what you do you know but oftentimes we hear you know parents they need time outside of, and sometimes as a caregiver it's frustrating like you know when parents are off and we go to work and you're like you could have gave me the day off but we have to remember that parents deserve time too right so yeah trying to find that balance I am trying to figure out a good middle ground for everybody which is challenging yeah and I think like ideally in an ideal world it would be really cool if both worlds could come together for an event like that right so like the families who can afford it and it's nothing to them you know could even be like sponsoring almost like the day and then you have you know a group of kids from the more privileged families and then the group of kids who really just need the exposure and the socialization and maybe, you know, some interaction with different children, different adults, um, parents who need a break. Yeah, I think about that a lot because like in Atlanta, the, 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 the boundary, like things change like this. Like I live seven and a half miles from my job. Um, my job is in Buckhead, which is you know a little bit more money a little bit more privilege a lot Mm -hmm. more access um but my neighborhood is historically black and it's not necessarily a high-end neighborhood and you know there are lots of families here where it's like they may not even have childcare, like at all like the kids don't go to daycare because we can't afford it the kids are typically in the home um parents are trying to find a way to work and to take care of their kids and it would be great if, if we could figure out, you know, some ways to bring these communities together because all these kids deserve a chance. But like you said, it's hard to figure out how to do it where it makes financial sense for the families involved and also those of us providing the service. Mm-hmm. I would love my school to be like a nice melting pot for all that, right? Not even a melting pot because uh, I don't want people to melt and merge together. I want people to come together and respect the lives that other people live, right? So I would love to have a, a facility, like, and I, when I tell you, I literally, like, birth through, like, 18. Like, I, in my mind, if I can close my eyes, I envision, like, 100 acres <laughs> of land with different buildings and different things and different services to people. So, like, in a sense of, like, okay, your child comes here, and your child's job after school is to like empty all the trash cans and that like pays for your child's lunch every day you know or that pays for a portion of your tuition or like if you're a parent and you can volunteer to do xyz if you're a parent and you can do transportation pickup in the morning that'll pay for your student's tuition or you know figure out how you can have like people incorporate jobs that need to be done if you're a high school student and you've accomplished all your credit hours because we know kids don't need to be in school for eight hours if you serve lunch to the younger kids like that could be like a job study like 
you know, figuring out how we can actually work together to teach people life skills, to actually also educate and to bring everyone together to have a community. I don't know. If I could figure that out and still make money while doing it, I'm like happy. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, how can it's we do really it? How brilliant. can how can that happen, right? Yeah, we got to figure it out. I feel like we could get we could we could get this together. <laughs> I feel like Amber. we could definitely get <laughs> this me. together, you know, thinking in the long term because it's true like places are so separate still based on class and it's so wild for me because like my nanny kiddos they go to you know nice schools um this year was the first year that one of my kids has black teachers in the five years that they've been going to schools you know and it was kind of a big deal like I don't think they've had black classmates I don't think you know and it's literally 12 minutes from my neighborhood which is historically black you know so it's always so interesting to think of like it's 2022 but in some ways (laughs) you know we haven't made as much progress as far as coming together um as I would like us to but I like your idea for figuring out a way to bring you know people together and to make it accessible for those who don't necessarily have Mm -hmm. um the liquid funds I think that would be beautiful yeah I do too. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to use nannying to fund it a little bit, at least to yeah. continue to fund my education. You know, because I almost had a, a child care center before COVID happened. So COVID, I think the first official day of COVID was like March 6th, right? Like March 5th, I was about to put in my license application to get my child care center. I had a building, um, I had a director um, and everything. So it actually started as a kids indoor playroom because I was, I, I was very heavy in the nanny life at that time. And so me and my friends, we needed somewhere to go, like a place that didn't necessarily require you to buy their food, but also let you bring your own, a place that was open, that had Wi-Fi, that also the kids can kind of play without you needing to be, be like on their back. And so I started this business as that, or this like location as that. Um, but I learned very quickly that marketing is very, very important <laughs> when you're trying to open up a brick and mortar uh, location. Um, and so I spent like three months without really making any money at all. Um, I probably had my nanny friends, they were the truth. They came and played at least twice a week at my place. But as far as getting like outside customers, I was I was struggling in that area. Um, and so I couldn't really afford to spend another month like not making any money on this location. And so I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to transition it into a daycare center because it was a daycare center prior. The location I had, the building I had was a previous child care center. So, I mean, I had little toilets, little sinks, little doors. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, it was so it was so cute. I had an outside playground. Um, and so I was like, OK, I was going to transform it into a daycare center because I had most of the stuff. Um, I was not technically qualified to run the daycare center. It's another thing we need to talk about is why nannying is not quote-unquote actual experience in childcare, but um so i did have to hire a director to run the facility because my credentials as a nanny without a complete degree did not qualify myself to run um, the center but so we were doing that and the day we were ready i hired the director so all her stuff came back clean we had almost everything we needed aside from like extra cribs and cots and stuff um, and so I was like, I'm going to apply for the license. And the next day, the world was like, don't go to work. You can't go to work. Stay in your home. Close wow. your doors. Hide your wives. So <laughs> um, wow. I ended up losing my building because, I mean, I really couldn't afford to pay for it anyway. After spending the three months in the red, I was trying to strangle at the last minute to transition and pivot. But then once they were like, you can't even operate. Thankfully, the organization who I was leasing through, it was like, you know, no harm, no foul. You know, just remove all your stuff. And um, so, yeah, so then COVID happened. And um, now, you know, I'm just trying to do it all again. This time, a little make a few different steps this time. Um, So, yeah, it's crazy. I was going to ask you, like, 
so because the timing of it is so wild um that you were like right there so I wonder like what has the past two years taught you as far as your goals your dreams and your function as a child care provider well I basically didn't work all of 2020 really so I was already freelancing I was just a freelancing so I had a job where I was working like two days a week and that was just to like make sure my bills were paid right um and then when COVID happened of course they were like well we're not gonna need you because I'm off they still paid me for like I think four or five months because we were just kind of in the thing and then they finally um asked me to come back but you know some things happened and and I ended up not continuing that contract and um, then I was like, okay, I'm just not going to work for a little bit. And then, of course, you eventually you run out of money if you're not working. And so that made me go back into being a full-time nanny again, which is why I have the job I have right now. And it really just taught me, it didn't really even teach me anything. I already knew that educators are undervalued. <laughs> like, you, it didn't take a pandemic to show me that. I already knew that most parents are not equipped. And that's because, you know, some parents don't ever hold a baby until you birth one right mm-hmm. and we already knew if parents who could educate their children they would but they can't which is why they created mm-hmm. school systems and so like COVID honestly didn't even it really didn't it taught me I should charge more <laughs> because that's valid it, it, it taught the world that we really need to show we really need to show early childhood educators more I I was I really was hoping nannies would get a lot more recognition during the pandemic because I feel that the world doesn't value early childhood education from nannies to childcare centers. And I was hoping that maybe it would get a little bit more like we need to do more for early childhood. Because honestly, if we do better at birth than at one and at 18 months and at 24 months before you're sending these people off to pre-K and first grade, teachers then would have a much better time, right? You think if someone just holds a baby for whatever and they don't ever teach that baby any skills and then you send them in the first grade they're not ready to learn they're not ready to tell you how they're feeling but nannies and educators who actually value education who instill these values and and techniques into their children where they go to school knowing how to cope they go to school knowing how to express their emotions they go to school with the readiness and willingness to learn and the curiosity to learn teachers have the best time i mean well you'll still have your struggles as educators because it's always a struggle to deal with multiple personalities from children to parents, but the actual teaching aspect might be a little bit more fun. Yeah, I always think it's interesting how we as a society don't value early childhood education because like, you're not just selling the educators short, you're selling your kids short, you know? You're really underestimating one, what they need from you in in those years, and two, what they're capable of what they can absorb, what they can, you know, demonstrate, like the skills that they can learn. It's always so interesting to me when people are like, you know, when you talk about what a nanny is worth or what, you know, child caregivers charge. And it's like, this is very important work. Like this is going to inform the rest of their educational career and ultimately their lives. So I just think it's so interesting how adults underestimate kids literally from birth um and how that like spirals into us being in a full-on child care crisis and you know parents being pitted against caregivers and like it's just like a huge mess all because we don't consider kids to be people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and isn't that the worst thing about it right Mm -hmm. it really is yeah covid just showed me that again we need to just keep working because we are not <laughs> anywhere close to where we should be like it's just, and it's so sad and it's it's sad because because I'm, like you said the kids are the ones who are the ones that are not benefiting from it right when I was doing that job going into the daycare center trying to help them prepare their children to be more ready and just the response I was getting from the adults and I'm like this is a free service because the position I was a AmeriCorps VISTA. So, you know, VISTA stands in volunteer in service towards America. And so they had placed me at a location. I was really excited 
because I, education has always been my thing. It's not just like, you know, it's always been how can I help you become a better human being when you become an adult, right? Or even just as, as you continue through childhood, teenagehood, like how can you just be a good person, right? And so you're going to these daycare centers and I'm like, I'm bringing you free service and your kids can't even spell their name. They're five, you know, and I'm coming and I'm, everybody, I've always had a bag with me. I don't ever show anywhere without a bag. I'm coming and the kids are literally tackling me to the ground, begging me not to go because I'm actually sparking those connections in their mind. I'm not just mm-hmm. there to like monitor them, right? Like I'm actually there to help you, to show you that you're, how much of our brain do we use at any given time? 20%, but our brain is huge. And if we teach these kids early on, like to have that curiosity to learn, I've always wanted to learn. I want to learn hands-on. I don't want to sit and lecture. I want to get out there and do it. We can teach the kids the same thing. And then they have that willingness for lifelong learning forever, which is what we need as we are constantly evolving and constantly growing as human beings. Yeah, and every every year you get older, you lose plasticity in your brain. So why wouldn't we want to give them the best opportunity from the very beginning to get all they can get and to at least set up those neural pathways and those connections in their brain? No, I'm totally, I'm totally with that because I'm. I feel like as nannies, we often get told like you should go to the school system and be a teacher but it's like I I would like early intervention please (laughs) like I want to get in there at the ground level you know and lay the groundwork it's so funny my eldest nanny kid started elementary school this year and it's a private school so they do evaluations for admission and because of COVID we had to do it remotely which means we the adults in his life were given a packet and it was read through this do the activities you know with him um film it and submit it and it was like such a big thing for a lot of families because parents are not used to being that in that position I guess for their kids um I actually did the evaluation with my nanny kid because it just felt more like a teacher student um connection um between us but it was interesting to hear from like other families that were like uh we've never talked about this we have no idea what this is like all these questions we were asking our kids were new to us and it's just like you the schools know that kids should be at a certain place or like what things they should be demonstrating by age five by kindergarten but somehow there's like a a disconnect between (laughs) parents and these schools because so many parents were blindsided by it I guess is my point um but that's because there's no connection like the community is just like gone and I don't know if that's because like at least right now because COVID had people like and eh, you know what I'm saying I don't know you stay away but even it was kind of gone before then like teachers and parents like we need we're in this together it's not just parent in that corner and teacher in this corner all right this is like we it literally needs to be like everyone working together because as we see in the nanny life all the time if I'm doing something during the day and you're doing something different on the weekends like it takes me two days to retrain my kid because he spent two days with you because we're not doing the same thing right or it teaches the kid okay I have to act this way with this person and this thing with this person because no one's on the same page like parents and families and caregivers and teachers and administrators, we all need to be on the same page in the same book. And then we will see that everyone's happy. Parents, you guys will be a little less stressed because you kind of understand a little bit more about what we're doing, about what we have going on, about the life of an educator. Teachers, you should be a little more calm because parents are reinforcing and reiterating what's being happening during the school day. And administrators, y'all should be really happy because everybody should be happy. So. I don't know. It's just how do we get that community sense back into our education from from birth to high school? Like, it's like completely, I don't want to say it's completely done, but it's like there's a disconnect in multiple areas, right? Yeah. I feel like in Western society, we have evolved to this very self-absorbed lifestyle to where it's like, I make the decisions for what's going to go on in my house and I don't want any input outside of 
my household, which I can respect to some extent. We're not always going to agree on everything, but I feel like we've taken it so far to where like there's no village, you know, there's no elders. <laughs> the elders don't get to have input. The teachers are, you know, the enemy. I saw a parent the other day complaining about the teacher not keeping up with the children's coats. The children were six. Like, I just... <laughs> I, saw, I saw a parent complaining that the homework was optional. <laughs> they, they wanted it to be mandatory? I don't know. I have not a clue. But they were like, oh, nowadays there's optional homework. And I was just like, you can't win. You, if there was too yeah. much homework, you'd be complaining. But it also, yeah. like, have you ever tried to correct another child at the playground? Like... Only... If it's physical, because parents are not trying to hear that. <laughs> my, if, if my child is in danger, whether it's like yeah. my minor danger or like, okay, whoa, I'm going to even honestly. And sometimes even if, even if it has nothing to do with my child, if I see kids at the park roughhousing too rough, I'll say something to them because first of all, you have people watching. Second of all, y'all acting like y'all playing, somebody about to get hurt because someone's gonna take it too far and I just feel like you know and I'm not even from the back in the day but from the stories of the back in the day I feel like anybody anybody on the street was able to correct my parents like and and I feel like we kind of there, there's a, a line between like correcting respectfully and like right. you know but we need to kind of get back to like I don't know I don't know maybe I'm just too community oriented and I just really think that we should be singing Kumbaya behind the fire pit or I don't know but I know I, I think, think I think it's the only way that we can collectively move forward is if we do it together like we have to be on the same page like you said and I think that extends into the nanny industry too because we have all these like little pockets of of ideals and like um ways of doing things and and all that good stuff and I feel like we sometimes forget to include everyone where we can if that makes sense I think um I think COVID has helped us build more community online um but I really would like to see it in person in real life and I would like to see it affect change um going forward because I have like purposely built community for myself these past few years and it really has helped me tremendously to do my job well to feel like my job is more sustainable to separate my job from my life like all those things have come from talking to other nannies so I just love 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 seeing all sorts of community form because I feel like we even may need like a an institute or something to just kind of come together and like get on the same page with some of our like protocols and some of the modes of operation it's almost like you know? how can you regulate manhood <clears throat> yeah like we talk about like there's a talk a lot about industry standards and about like just things but like from the educator standpoint when you're trying to like prove your child care credentials like there's no way and this is a problem that I've been kind of semi looking into or want to do more about looking into here it's like how can we regulate or how can as we as nannies be considered like actual child care professionals right because I, I myself consider myself a child care professional but in terms of like getting credited by the state or even I was trying to do like the child development associate or whatever and just they didn't want to accept any, like, all of my actual hands-on childcare experience. They were like, we can't accept that. Because it's nannying. It's not, I was not at a licensed, a licensed regulated childcare center. So it's basically like all my experiences null and void. Which is wild because I feel like we have so many more things to navigate while trying to educate. Mm -hmm. Um... And it's that much harder, you know, which to me makes it that much more impressive when you are effective <laughs> mm -hmm. as a nanny in milestones or education or um, anything like that. But yeah, we do need to figure that out. We used to have, there used to be 
I think a governess school, I'm pretty sure. Um, Carrie the Nanny went there. Um, okay. It was like a, it was a short program, I think, from what I heard, um, like four months or something like that. But you did get like certificates for completing like nutrition or like, you know, some of the core topics that we deal with. Um, it's funny, I had just saw that on like her thing and I was like, I need to look into that. Cause the word governess is just so like, old school (laughs) but it's almost like like it's coming back because more families are wanting nannies to homeschool their kids Mm -hmm. which that's i mean if it's elementary school yeah it's a it's a governess Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the next few years i don't think the school she went to exists anymore um but we need something over here we need we need something to get us unified or something. <laughs> Definitely. I agree. I agree. I, I completely agree. Because then I think one, our job will be taken a little bit more seriously. I think the fact that anybody can be a nanny. And, and I mean, you know, it's like everybody can't be a nanny. But the fact that like any any person can just be like, I'm just going to be a nanny today. Is, is part of the reason why our job is not taken as seriously, yeah. you know, because of uh, anybody can just feel like, oh, today I think this is what I'll do. And so the people mm-hmm. like you and I and others who are like, no, this is my career. Like, this is something that I am doing intentionally and I'm doing it well and I'm doing it with the education in mind. It's like, takes just a little bit from us every time someone's like, mm, today I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like those first couple years, like, they will make or break you. They will reveal to you that if this is not something that you can do long term. But like you said, the people every day make that choice. Sometimes it's a parent who has a few kids and feels like, you know, same thing. Or, you know, someone who's out of work for a while and people suggest just take care of kids. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah just, uh, just just go take care of somebody's child do it isn't that just isn't that just so odd to you because like one as I'm not a parent but hopefully will be one day and I will never have that like I don't know I just I don't want anybody to just take care of my children right like I want someone who really wants regardless of if you want to do it forever or if you want to do because you can do it for right now and be excellent at it even if it's not something that you want to do forever but there, there come on there has to be some sort of standard there when I see people in the group posting like, I want somebody to do this, this, and this, and oh, it's only 10 bucks an hour. And I'm like, someone's taking care of your of your child in the comfort of your space, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you really think? What kind of care that you're gonna get for that? Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so easy for people to be like, I'm just gonna be a nanny today because nine times out of 10, there's a family who can't really afford a nanny who's willing to work with you if you're willing to accept what they're paying. Um, Which is a whole nother can of worms, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole nother can of worms. But um, I think that we are, as a community, we are in good hands with people like you being super involved and and influential. Thank you. But no, I just, I look up to you so much because I feel like you, you say yes whenever you can. And I feel like it has, it shows, you know, in your personality and your essence, like it shows that you are really passionate about helping families, really passionate about teaching kids and about bettering this industry. And I think that people like you need to be at the forefront. You you are a voice that we need to be hearing from consistently. <laughs> we need your wisdom, <laughs> your spirit and all that good stuff. I am trying I'm trying to tackle Cincinnati first. Let me get Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky on the way. And then who yeah. knows? We might need a Nanny McTee on tour or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Um, so. Do you have any events coming up that you want to talk about? Or do you want to plug mm-hmm. your socials? 
I'll definitely plug my socials. Um, if anybody's looking for any event childcare, and so we do event childcare for weddings, for conferences, for churches, for hospitals, for universities, because my newest client is the University of Cincinnati, so I'm very excited for that. Um, so you can find me on all social media platforms at Nanny McTee, like the drink. And then um, from there, you, it'll lead you to all my websites and um, any other information that you're looking for. Um, or if you're if you're a family, especially local in the Cincinnati or Northern Kentucky area, and you're looking for um, some help finding a nanny, or if your nanny needs a little bit of nanny mentorship, again, I have some options and solutions for you as well. Or if you need something in childcare and you need help figuring out what it is, and you need somebody to kind of talk through some ideas and solutions, I'm also your gal for that. Sounds like you're the gal for everything. Did y'all hear that? She said all my websites. <laughs> all my websites will be in the link tree <laughs> no I love that thank you so much for coming through and chatting with me today about your career and child care in general this yes. has been thank you for cute. having me of course yes. of course a fave of mine um, but yeah guys thanks for listening to another episode of A Nanny's Life if you're looking to keep up with me on socials, I am at A Nanny's Life pretty much everywhere. Um, and definitely check out Nanny McTee. Make sure you're following and stay in the loop with everything that she's got going on. All right. Y'all have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye, friends.